This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. We are back. Welcome into episode 155 of Small Talk. Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman are here. Steve, Texas is not back, but we are back. <laughs> Texas is never coming back. I'm convinced. Sorry to the little canes of the world. Sorry to all my Texas. I like Texas, but... And Joe Tess tried to declare him back a couple years ago. It's just it's like fetch. It's not happening. It's never going to happen. I feel badly for Joe Tess because that was such an unbelievable call. But now Texas has not come back since Texas was allegedly back. <laughs> it's just kind of a running joke that Texas is never going to be back. But I knew that you and I were going to be back, Steve, not because we're sitting here staring at each other taping this pod. But right before we went on, you said that we were gooch. And we're I gooch. Knew that if- <laughs> But speaking of Gooch, are you, uh, and by the way, pumped to be back. I'm in a great mood today. I don't, I'll tell you why in a little bit, but well, I'll just tell you now. The Magic won last night. We were at the Knicks game. I was excited about that. You're at MSG. We're going to give your MSG story. Mm -hmm. Uh, The U.S. men's national team beat Mexico 2-0. Dos Acero, what's up? I got a nice Cortado hanging out here. What's up? Wow. Oh my Doing god, that looks professional, Steve. That looks I'm a, I am a barista now, so you could I'm I make coffee and espressos better than actual baristas. True story. But where was I going with it? Now I've lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? You're in about? a great mood. Oh um, yeah, but what, 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 there was something there was a reason. Oh, because you said you. gooch. You said Oh, gooch. that's right. Okay. Are you into the new house of Gooch? Are you like excited? I could see you being very excited for the new house of Gucci movie. That's like right okay. in your wheelhouse. It is so in my wheelhouse. And you know I love Lady Gaga, my close personal friend Stephanie. True. Um, I obviously am very into the Italian fashion house, iconic Gucci. But see, I gotta tell you, I I've seen the previews and I'm not I'm not sure Doesn't if I'm sold on Lady Gaga and the accent. I'm nervous. I'm gonna see it, but I'm nervous. Just like I just saw the Kurt Warner movie. And I was nervous going into that because I lived it and that story was magical. And I thought there was no way that the movie could touch reality. So. And so I'm nervous about, I'm nervous about the House of Gucci. I've seen the previews for the Kurt Warner movie. Everybody knows the story. It's a great story. And I like the actor that that plays Kurt Warner too. But some of those football scenes kind of didn't look great. And that made me a little nervous. We've digressed. Let's get back to House of Gucci. I was going to tell you, if you spend the money to go see that movie, it's a great movie, but you're not going to a football movie. Mm-hmm. The movie is about he and his wife, his Brenda, life. and their love story, and their son, Zach, and football is a backdrop. I was sitting in the theater, and we were two hours in before we even got to the Rams, and I'm, I'm sitting there being like, where's Dick Vermeil? Where's the we will rally <laughs> yeah. around Kurt Warner? We'll play good football. <laughs> Give me the tackle in the Super Bowl. These are the things that I wanted, and it's a great movie. I think a lot of families are going to really enjoy taking their kids and their wives to see it. It's a feel-good story. It's a feel-good story. It is not a football film. That's okay, because you know me. I actually actually don't like uh, sports movies. I don't, um, typically. None? I don't like sports movies. Um, I think they're too sappy. You know, Remember the Titans is a great movie, but... You know, it's kind of sappy. I didn't see The Blind Side. No chance I was watching that movie. Um, I mean, I liked Any Given Sunday because it was edgy. Um, mm-hmm. at the time but typically your sports movie like I'm not a big Rudy guy um, you know I haven't seen Field of Dreams it's just I don't like sports movies I like sci-fi um, weird shit I like aliens I like space travel hence interstellar I like Lord of the Rings shit like that so you know you watch Friday Night Lights the TV show though right uh no I watched the movie which the okay I will say the movie was one of, was one of the best sports movies I've ever watched it's incredible um oh. I did not watch the show I did not. Maddie has, and she's berated me about why I haven't. I have friends that have watched it, and like, you need to watch it. I kind of feel like I missed it. I just, I missed it, and that's it. I'm okay with it. Other than not watching The Sopranos, which I hope you're finishing that soon, this might be the big, 
This might be the biggest L you've ever taken. Friday Night Lights, the show, might be the second or third best show of all time. When was the prime of that? Was that Stand was it 2010s? Was it 2000s? It, I'm trying to think if it was, it was, I think it was after I was high school. I think it was a little bit of me in college. Um, and I remember the hoopla and everyone being excited around it. And I like the actors in it. I like... Um, 2006 to 2011. So yeah, that was basically my entire college. Yeah, so okay. Um, what was the running back's name? Smash Williams. Yeah, what's his name in real life? Is it Emil Hirsch? No, not, is it Emil Hirsch? No, what the hell is his name? No, Emil Hirsch is the guy who was in uh, the Jack Kerouac movie. Correct, correct. I, I don't know, they look similar. Anyway, I know it's good. Wait, you're not. Wait, oh, you're talking about Tim Riggins. Tim Riggins, that's who I'm talking fullback. about. He's a yes. fullback. Okay, well, all right. Listen, yeah. I mean, get it right. Running back, fullback, right. sorry. Excuse me. Number 33, Tim Riggins. Uh, number one in yards. Uh, but <laughs> it's something I'm just not going to go back to. I'm sorry. I missed the movement, and I'm going to live to tell the tale. I'm hoping this winter you have a really bad snowstorm, maybe like a, a polar vortex or what did they call it? A, a oh, bomb, a bomb cyclone. cyclone. A yeah. bomb cyclone <laughs> and you're forced to watch it. Is that what happened when we got, when there's that video of us walking into ESPN? Was that the bomb cyclone? Bomb okay, cyclone. Yeah, that was a good video. Good times. Terrible times actually, because we were snowed in at ESPN. But you know, during the bomb cyclone, that's when I binged Game of Thrones. Oh, well, that's a great call. Game of Thrones is one of those shows it. where if you haven't seen it you could, and you watched it now, if it hasn't been spoiled for you like a million times over, um, it would still hold up. I'm just not sure Friday Night Lights, I don't know. It's network television. I mean, I, I don't watch oh, network television. So I'm good. sorry. Steve, we're talking drugs. We're talking sex. We're talking steroids. We're talking Texas football. We're talking improper benefits. We're talking affairs, scandals. It's so good. I just feel like I've evolved to, and then this is me being, you know. There's a murder. Snobby, but I did know that. Um, I feel like I've evolved to a higher level of television than network television. Sorry to my network television peeps, but what's the last network television show that you watched? Was it Friday Night Lights? Who watches MB shows on NBC and CBS anymore? Uh, it was either Friday Night Lights or The Office. The Office, yeah. Okay, The Office is probably... But I watched most of The Office on Netflix. I actually didn't watch it uh, live. So again, interesting. sorry, I'm a millennial. Okay, anyway. wait, we have to circle back because I'm dying to hear about your your good mood and yeah. why you had the best time at MSG. I know that it was your first time, right? Going to the Knicks Magic game last night, your first time at MSG? First time. So I, I saw John Mayer there two summers ago. Oh, I've been that's to, right. I saw I've, you. I've been to MSG, but I have never seen uh, a sporting event. I've never seen, a, obviously, a hockey game and definitely not a basketball game. And then you, so you went to see DMB, right, at MSG? Yeah. All right, so mm -hmm. we have to share. We'll share our, our MSG stories. I mean, MSG, I'll just say from a concert perspective, it was awesome. It's where every artist wants to play. Basically, mm -hmm. they give you their best show. So when John was there, he played. It was incredible, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure for, for those who like Dave Matthews Band, it's a great <laughs> concert. Uh, I wouldn't be one of those. <laughs> um, but the Hoops game was awesome. I mean, first off, the Knicks are, are good again. They're not great. They're kind of like a middle-of-the-road team in the East. But that's compared to where they've been the last couple of years. That's freaking great. So the fan yeah. base is fired up. The environment in MSG was unlike, I mean, I've been to the Boston Garden. I usually go when I go to Magic Games to catch a couple. I try to catch one every year. Um, I usually go to Boston because I'm closer to Boston and it's easier to get tickets to Celtics games than it is Knicks games. Um, but JJ, John Dostremski, who I work with at the Ringer, hooked us up with some tickets and we went last night. And that place lives up to the freaking hype. I mean, even last year in the playoffs when the Knicks lost in the first round to the Hawks and they lost in five, it like wasn't a competitive series. I was almost envious of Knicks fans. I'm like, this is so cool. When this thing is going right, there might mm -hmm. not be a better thing to get behind for a team or from a sports perspective than when the Knicks are good and being in MSG and being in New York and everybody's singing and it's just great. And obviously at MSG, like at basketball games, you got famous people on the sideline. J.B. Smoove is there. Tracy Morgan's there. 
Cara Delevingne. I can't. I can never pronounce. Uh, Cara Delevingne. She was there. Selena Gomez was there. I saw um, Harrison Bader was there. Cardinals player. Sure, I, d- I did not know that, but Bader shout out to Harrison. What's up? <laughs> um, so the game absolutely, absolutely lived up to the hype, and the Magic won, which is absurd because the Magic right. actually are the worst team in the Eastern Conference. They're in a complete rebuild now. They're a fun team to watch. Um, Jalen Suggs had a, had actually a really great second half. Franz Wagner, who is just is just athletic beast from Michigan who I'm obsessed with now there was a great team win so I was trying to be it's it's weird though you're when you when you're an away fan are you I don't know where you stand on this but I'm not the loud guy who's rubbing in the home fans faces so I wasn't cheering every magic bucket or dunk I was pretty subdued um but there were guys there who were magic fans that were very loud I don't know where do you stand on that should I have been more obnoxious or do you kind of like sit in the back and not try to rough any feathers Steve, you know, I don't want any problems. I don't want any conflict. <laughs> we don't want no problems. <laughs> we don't want no problems. Also, I don't care enough anymore. It's one of the saddest of oh, I care. of I care my professional life not, is that I don't care as much anymore. There's no, there's, there's not one team that you're the a Illinois basketball. Game. Illinois basketball is the only thing I would, I would not trash talk anything except for Illinois basketball. That's fair. College, I guess, is especially when it's your alma mater is different. I was there with actually, I was chatting with some, some guys that went to Michigan. So the Big Ten love was in the house. What's up? What's up? Shout out to my guy, Noah. Um, <laughs> but you wouldn't get up for a big Cardinals game? Really? I, I find that hard to believe. No. I mean, You wouldn't like I start want- talking shit to other fans? No. I want the Cardinals to win because I want my city to win and because I want the guys that I know you put on, on for your city. to do well. I do put on for my city, raise up. But isn't that Petey Pablo raise up? Come well, on, you just up. combined two songs. Put on for my city is Jeezy, <laughs> which by the way, Jeezy is one of the most underrated rappers of all time. I'll say it right now. Came on a playlist last night on my two hour drive back. Guys, absolutely incredible. Doesn't get enough credit. Um, but yes, Petey Pablo is come on, raise up. That was the but, North Carolina. Come yeah, on, but he, up. in that song, he goes, St. Louis. Come he on, says like every city. Up. Yeah. I know, but, <laughs> but I think it's very cool what he does with St. Louis. But anyway, um, no, I. Couldn't care less. It's all fun and games for me. But if the Cardinals lose, Steve, I'm not losing one minute of sleep over it, which is sad because I used to be such a fan. But now I'm like, it's a bummer, okay, yeah. what, what else do I have to talk about tomorrow? But Illinois basketball, I feel like, as you saw when they were ranked uh, number one in the Big Ten. Yeah, you led me astray. Listen, I did not lead you astray, okay? They were the Big Ten champions, and they beat out a loaded Big Ten field to win the Big Ten tournament. They were a number one seed, Steve. They were a number one seed. And it's not even my fault, okay? I'm still blaming Sister Jean. She had the list of things that needed to happen. She put in a word with the big man upstairs. She has his ear. He clearly delivered. And improper benefits. I don't know why the NCAA has not Improper benefits to Sister Jean and Loyola. I'm sure they don't don't have the endowment that that would – I don't coincide with improper benefits, but um, well, listen, it's neither here nor there. It's water under the bridge. As long as Gonzaga didn't win, I wasn't going to be. To circle back, I'm not going to be chirpy. When I went and saw the Cardinals, Red Sox at Fenway, I'm not chirping in the stand. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm never going to chirp to Boston fans because I'm going to lose that battle. But no, I'm not. I'm not a chirpy opposing fan. So I didn't do that either. Uh, but I, I will say, Franz Wagner had a dunk in the fourth, late in the fourth quarter. I screamed. I <laughs> I, I screamed because it, it was. I mean, I'll send you the clip. Uh, he, it was awesome. And it was to put them up three with under two minutes left. So it was a big Ooh, play exciting. in the game. And I was pretty, I was pretty quiet most of the game, especially because I was with two Knicks fans, my buddies. And I, you know, and they were certainly cheering very loudly. So I was like, all right, I'll just play it. Cool. And I, when he did that, when he threw down, plus he's like, he's a 6'10 white dude. So when white dudes like that dunk on two guys, I just, I yelped, I, I screamed. So it was Can a great time. I can't, I'm not going to reenact it. I'm not. But somebody asked me, someone's like, hey, tell me that you, you stood up during the Franz dunk. I was like, I screamed. I, I yelled. I did. So I had one, I guess, lapse in my uh, tranquility, but it's okay. 
Was it like a let's go type yell or was it like a no, oh? It was like a, it was like a, I, it, it wasn't a word. I'll say that. It was just a noise. <laughs> a noise came out of my mouth that probably people were like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> um, also, who was a magic fan? Like, who was this magic fan? Like, there are magic fans? Crazy. Um, uh, can I ask you a magic question? Yeah, go ahead. You said you guys were rebuilding. You know, I obviously don't get a chance to pay attention to the NBA since we don't cover them here in St. Louis. Haven't they been rebuilding for like a hot minute now? Well, yes and no. So they their last sort of rebuild was the post-Dwight rebuild, which lasted way longer than it should have. It lasted like almost a decade. Um, but they did make the playoffs two straight years uh, a couple years ago, um, and they won a game. They were the seven seed and the eight seed. They both won a game in the playoffs. Now, those teams weren't that good. They lost to the Bucks and they lost to the Raptors, both actually who went on to win titles no i'm sorry the bucks was the year before um but the titles the, the rappers went on to win a title uh okay. so they had like aaron gordon they had nikola Vucevic. they had some decent players but they kept getting hurt and they just they mm-hmm. couldn't they never actually got the top pick they'd get like the third pick and they would just it just didn't work out um but this rebuild i, I absolutely am obsessed with this team I, as i told you franz wagner is the man he was a rookie they, they had two first round picks this year they took jalen suggs who was the kid from gonzaga Shout yeah, out to the I, Zags, know. I who remember hit, who hit the shot just for people who don't like he was the kid that hit the shot against UCLA from like near half court to win the game when he fell to five I was so pumped um and they've just got a lot of good young Marco Foltz is on the team former number one pick he's kind of turned his career around although he's been hurt did he find a shot no but he's a really good point guard he plays really good defense he's never going to be the guy that everybody thought he was going to be but he's, he's a solid NBA player so there's some really likable dudes on this roster so it's uh they have Mo Bamba so shouts out to Mo Bamba and Shaq West oh, what's up Mo Bamba what's up uh yeah um so it's it's a fun team. It's a young team. There's some growing pains, but it was. I mean, they've won two. They have four wins on the season. Two of them have come at Madison Square Garden this year. It's kind of wild. They own MSG. So where do you rank your Madison Square Garden experience? And I'm sure the excitement of the game and the fact that the Magic won plays into that. But where do you rank MSG as far as your sports experiences go? It's funny. I was talking to the Michigan dudes last night about this because they're going to a Michigan Ohio State game soon, and I was telling them about how I was at LSU Alabama, uh, which. I'm not even a big college football fan, and that was freaking awesome. Uh, it's electric. Now, listen, if I saw like a Knicks finals game, it'd be different. You know, there's levels to this, right? This was a Knicks magic game in, in November. It's not, there's not that much on the line right now. Right. Um, when I saw Messi at Camp New, that was up there. I will tell you this I've seen a lot of games at the Boston, at the TD Garden in Boston, and MSG blows the TD Garden away. I mean, I, wow. I don't think anybody would, I don't think that's like shocking to anybody. It just, it just is. Um, I actually like Barclays. I went to Barclays, I saw the dunk contest there 24. 15, 14, somewhere around there, Aaron Gordon. Um, and Barclays is a cool spot. Uh, football, I, you know, I'm, oh, the national champion. When we went, the national championship game between Clemson and Alabama when we were at the Tampa Bay Bucks Stadium and it was the Deshaun Watson game when Clemson won, that was probably the best boarding experience of my life. But as far as just. Well, hold on. You were also in the end zone when they caught the correct. Deshaun Watson through the, the pass that was the, inevitably the, a touchdown to seal the game. The famous picture of him leaping for the pylon. Uh, me and Stanford Steve are in that picture. We I know. In the background like, of that picture, <laughs> which is it. which it's is incredible. Um, but I will say the vibe, MSG is a vibe. And I, you know I hate terms like that, but it really is. There's an energy to that place when even when it's like a 500 basketball team, if you take into account you know, the lack of immediacy or importance of what the game was, the vibe there was as good as anything I've ever been to. So MSG had it. But can I tell you a quick story about I got Always. injured last night? You got injured. Yeah, this would be the last thing I say on this. Wow, and you're still doing the pod today? What a game. I know, I really am. I mean, listen, built different. What's up? Shout out Kevin Clark. Because I do want to hear about your MSG experience as well. So this will be the last thing. Um, I injured my finger uh, trying to catch a t-shirt from a t-shirt gun. (laughs) Now, okay. Now, 
when you think of that, you probably are like, oh, you were diving over seats and bodying people out. I wasn't actually. It was a timeout and the t-shirt people come out, they're like the fan patrol and they're throwing stuff or whatever. They got like a machine gun of t-shirts, right? And I wasn't paying any attention. I was sitting down and all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I see the t-shirt coming right at me at a very high speed and it was going to be in front of me and probably hit my friend next to me who also wasn't really paying attention. So I stuck my hand out and it just, you know, like when you're playing pickup hoops and you like jam a finger or multiple fingers and it's just I like, never played pickup hoops. Well, those of you who know, know, um, that's exactly what happened. And it just, and it just hit my finger right at the tips and just buckled them. And this Ooh. finger is like kind of swollen. So I injured myself trying to catch a t-shirt last night, but not because I was being the overbearing loser fan. It was because I actually wasn't paying attention. And you were trying to protect your friend, mom vibe, yeah. you know? Like and neither of us actually ended up getting the t-shirt. And uh, so I took one for the team. But damn, those things actually, when they come at you, are there's a lot of velocity there. And they're actually, they're, they're kind of heavy because they're wrapped up really tight. Uh, so I wonder, do, do you think anybody gets injured with those, not paying attention? Because I could see somebody not looking and bam, they get hit in the face with a t-shirt gun. That'd be, that'd be a bummer. Yeah, the velo on those is probably way higher than we think. And I also bet the number of injuries sustained because of a t-shirt gun is higher than we think. I bet they keep these incidents under wraps, Steve, yep. because they don't want anyone to Legal. know yep. that, that people are getting injured because then that's taken away. And it's a very big part of the game day experience. It's an it's a important concept in the stadium game day vibe. But yeah, I mean, I feel like people aren't talking enough about injuries that are likely sustained from t-shirt guns at sporting events. I'm yeah, just we need, like a, we need like a dateline or some sort of investigative podcast, true crime situation on this, because this has got to be, this is one of those undercover things that nobody talks about, but it's actually a real problem out there. And I, you listen, I'm, I'm a victim. So what can I say? Someone needs to get in touch with you. I feel like we might need like Tom Rinaldi on this. We do. Speaking of, which is on Rosillo's pod. Great dude. Oh, was it nice? Yeah, the, <laughs> literally yesterday. But you know what the other problem is? Is that I don't even really want those t-shirts because they're always two X's and they're just they're always too big or they're not a nice t-shirt. So I'm not willing to put my body on the line to get a crappy t-shirt. And it's never like a cool logo or something. It's a branded logo. <laughs> yeah, it'll be just it's a, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's not even Nick's, it's like New York Coca-Cola. You know? Yeah. Oh, there's definitely a sponsor. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sponsor. They're, they're, yeah. There's no way they're doing that for free. Um, or it's like a basketball and then Coca-Cola on the back yeah, or whatever. 100% is a great call by you. But yeah. so all in all, great time. Um, but I want to hear more about, because <laughs> so many people hit me up about this, including our friend Jen Howard, who asked if I was jealous on Instagram and I just said pass. No. So tell me, because you were there uh, and I, seeing a concert at MSG is awesome. It's one of the best venues there is, yeah. Yeah. Um, as I talked about before. And But you saw one of my least favorite bands of all time. So <laughs> tell me, how was your experience at MSG? Okay, so um, I've been spending a lot of time in New York lately and kind of a last minute trip out there last weekend. And um, my friend JD, who we've talked about on the pod before, we had, I had plans on Friday night and Saturday day. And he's like, Saturday night, I have tickets to the Lexus suite at Madison Square Garden to see Dave. He's like, will you go with me? It's for work. And he's like, you're the only person I know that would want to go see Dave. Okay. Because yeah, like, I was wondering, JD doesn't strike me as your typical Dave guy. So, dude, he's from Iowa. Come on, it's so like he does like blood. So he loves Dave. Okay, Dave. Yeah. all right, I guess so. It's like all a right, midwestern boat deal. I don't know. We like corn. We like bags. We like beer, and we like Dave Matthews on a boat. Like, I can't explain it. It's just our birthright. I mean, the video. If you haven't seen, go to Michelle's Instagram because the video of you guys singing whatever stupid song that was. <laughs> Where are you going? It's a great song. It's the worst. <laughs> it's a great song. Um, um, and wait, really quickly, was he cut? 
Was he covering Sledgehammer too? Yeah, yeah. Peter Gabriel, you know shout out. You know He's what's so weird part. about that is I just a couple of days ago watched a video of Harry Styles covering Sledgehammer too. Wow. I'm like, what? I didn't know this. Was, I mean, yeah, and Sledgehammer is like a, a classic for sure. I mean, I'm not putting it on, but it was like, wow, two covers of Sledgehammer in a week for me. That was weird. Right. All the premier artists out there still just covering yeah. Sledgehammer. Um, so I say to JD, I'm like, fine, I'll go with you, right? And so Saturday rolls around and we're out. We go to brunch. We're out during the day. And I'm like, you know, I've seen Dave before. I don't really want to go. And JD's like, no, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. I'm like, Madison Square Garden is on my bucket list. I've never been. It's the You had grill. never been? I had never been inside MSG all the oh time my I God. in New York. And I'd never been inside. Okay, then it's okay then. Then I forgive you. Yeah. And, you know, it was in a suite so we could kind of pop in, pop out. It's not yeah. like I had to wade through the crowd if we showed up late. So they had an opening act and we were like, we'll go at nine. We'll pop in for Dave. So we go in and, you know, you get a beer, you're hanging out. Here's how Dave gets you. It's he plays a couple songs, you know, and you're in. You're like, yes, I'm back in college. Like what? Like Crash? Did he play Crash? Uh, Ants marching. I don't remember. So he played Where Are You Going kind of at the beginning. With, yeah. with, see, you know it. You love I know the songs because they get beat over your head for the last 20 years. I know the <laughs> songs. That's why I, That's why I know I don't like them. But yes. But he um, he plays some songs you know, and then he goes into really hardcore fan songs, like deep tracks. I like and within, that. And within the deep tracks, I always forget this, even though I've seen Dave several times, there's a good... 12 to 18 minute jam sesh within mm. each song. I forget how jammy Dave is. All the bros just lose their minds. Oh my, Steve, I think JD and I were the youngest people there by like 10 years. I forget that we're on like the bottom end oh, of, the, of, of the Dave spectrum. Most people are a couple years older than us. And when I tell you these people were lit up, it, it was like, we are away from our kids. We're reliving the glory days. You are describing exactly what I said why I didn't like Dave. It's because- No, but it was amazing. It was so fun. <laughs> but I will say- I, will I feel say vindicated. This. That's all I'm going to say. I feel vindicated. No, it was, but it was the best time. We had the best time. So what you're saying you're vindicated by is what I think was a big contributing factor to it being so fun is that everybody was just like, we are turning up tonight. We're at Madison Square Garden. Dave is playing. He's in an 18 minute jam sesh. Uh, you know, he's going to weave in a Christmas song and we're going to have a good time. And it ended up being super fun. But- being in Madison Square Garden, I felt like I was looking up the entire time because yep. I was looking at the, the you know, the numbers in the rafters. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have got to get here to see a Rangers game or a next game. So next time I'm in New York, which might be in a couple of weeks, it's on the agenda. Yeah, Maddie wanted to go too. So we'll we'll have to make that a thing. <gasps> it, it's it's stupid. We should go. We should meet in New York and go to a next game. I am 100. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's. Done. I, I'm actually, I'm annoyed that I've lived in Connecticut my whole life and I've been, you know, within an hour and a half, two hours of the city and I'm going to the city all the time and I've never been. I've just, it's dumb. It's dumb that I had never been to a game and I'm. Yeah. I'm not a Knicks guy, but it doesn't matter. Like it's just even if even if it was like a Knicks T Wolves game, it would be fun for us to go because it's great to get out. It was awesome to hang out. I think part of it too for me was, you know, it's we're still kind of in the COVID thing, right? And I also work from home, so it was just good to be out with people, right? And yeah. hang out. I had a couple beers. Shout out to shout out to the Guinness and the Bud Lights. Um, <laughs> and it was just like kind of good to be out with people and cheer and yeah. like whatever and the vibe in the, in the arena. Just I miss that so. You know, I would, I'm not sure I would go to the depths of seeing Dave Matthews band, but I would see just about any Knicks game. Uh, so, so next time you're in town, let's do it.
Okay, we'll get some Shelly's to come with us. It'll be a whole small talk thing. It'll there be super go. fun. Okay, well, speaking of music, Steve. Oh, boy. I don't want to call this an emergency pod because it's certainly not an emergency pod, but I would call it an urgency pod because it's been a few Correct. weeks since we've been able to do this, but the internet is mad at Jake Gyllenhaal. He is your boy. We you know <laughs> why. We know, we all know why the internet is mad. And as soon as Taylor do Swift we? came out... Well, we're going to go ahead and tell you if you don't know, but most of us know. Taylor Swift re-released her album Red, and with that came, what's the name of the song? Um, well, it's Taylor's version, first off. Red Taylor's yeah. version, right? And it's called on, um, it. All Too Well. It's called All, all Too, too well. well. Thank you. Well, it's All you. Too Well, and then it was uh, I Bet You Think About Me, which we'll get into Correct. both of those songs. Well, All Too Well came out, and it's wildly speculated that the song slash a lot of the songs on the album, but specifically this one was written about Jake Gyllenhaal. And she came out with a short film to all too well that certainly paints a Jake Gyllenhaal-esque picture of this relationship. And so Steve and I were texting and I'm like, this is your guy. You need the platform to defend him because I gotta say, he doesn't look great in the video or in the song. So Steve, the floor is yours. Yeah, can I ask you though, and I'm a Taylor Swift guy. I, I think her music is great. I do. I know you aren't on that train. I am. Like, I think she's great, and I respect everything that she does. She's phenomenal. I, anyone who writes their own songs like that, especially songs that are that good and that catchy, just I think she's brilliant, actually. It's nothing about her songwriting or whatnot, but we're always only getting Taylor's side of the story, okay? And I get annoyed. And yes, you're right. I'm 100% biased here because I've liked Jake Gyllenhaal. I've loved Jake Gyllenhaal ever since Donnie Darko. Like, I love the dude. I think he's a great actor. I met him. Um, Maddie and I joke, she's like, he would be your celebrity exception in our marriage, um, yeah. <laughs> which may or may not be true. Yeah. Um, and uh, the time I met him was when he was doing a car wash for the movie Southpaw, the boxing movie he was in, um, which was good. It was he and Rachel McAdams and he came, didn't have any entourage. He just showed up. It was Mike and Mike. I was producing that day and we just chatted for like 15 minutes cause he got there early and he was so fucking cool and not needy. Not, he wasn't big timing anybody. He wasn't. He was just Jake. It was it was weird. He it like reinforced this this fandom and love that I had for him to the point where I was like, mm-hmm. I just, do I ask this guy to get a beer later? I don't know. Anyway, I didn't. Yeah, uh, am I catching the vibe that he's putting out here? Are we gonna get? Yeah, I, I, like, genuinely, we were talking about the movie, and I was talking. He, um, I had the bun at the. Or, I'm sorry, I forget if I had the bun you or didn't. I did have the bun at the time, and then he, he probably thought that was. Cool. And he had just cut his for the movie, so we were talking about it, and he was like, "I miss mine too," and he had such a great oh beard. So we were talking about men's hygiene again. It was the best, one of the best conversations I've ever had, and it was a Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I didn't realize, Steve, that you guys had a really strong bun combo. I'm telling you, and he missed it. He was like, "Yeah, I missed it. I had because he buzzed his head for the movie." And I was like, how difficult was that for you? He was like, it sucked. And it just, you know, I, I do miss the long hair. And it's just hard to get back to that point. But anyway, we've digressed. To Back to the Taylor Swift part of this. Yes. I am not denying that Jake was at fault or, you know, deserved um, or, or maybe, I don't know if didn't treat her right was the way. But like it was a breakup, right? And Taylor has the right to be mad about that. And that's fine. But the issue is I don't think we have any information other than her side of the story, which, yeah, there were a couple things in there, like, you know, the scarf thing and him maybe being a little bit, like, ignoring her a little bit with his friends when they were at a dinner party uh, in upstate New York. Okay. Um, but we only get her side of the story, and people are so quick to be like, Hall sucks. Fuck this guy. I was thinking about tweeting out hashtag Team Hall like, right after all this stuff went down. But you I was like... I was you a little bit scared. Said I stand with Jake. You should I was, have said I stand with Jake. The only reason I didn't was because I didn't have a full picture at the time, and I mean, I still nobody does. We don't actually know what happened. But of, did he do anything like really shitty that like I don't want to back him on? But 
after reading, all right, yeah, like he was 29, she was 20. There's a big age gap. They dated for like three months and it didn't freaking work out. Can she relax? She makes this whole music video where, you know, it's again, it's nothing but him doing stuff wrong, which again, I'm sure there was something on her end. You know, I'm not saying it's 50-50, but it's never 100-0. There's always fault from both parties. So I guess I just get annoyed with the Taylor Swift fans because I am a Taylor Swift fan. I think her music is great and I will not stop listening to it because of this. But people wanting to say like Jake sucks and he's terrible and like, oh, Jake, how could he, he can never show his face in Hollywood again. And you're like, actually, he's fucking Jake Gyllenhaal. He's a huge movie star. He's loaded. Does he really even care? This might be good publicity for him. So the whole thing I just kind of rejected. I'll say this. There's one line in there that she acts like is such a bad thing when he's like, oh, maybe this would have worked if we were closer in age. As I mentioned, he was 29, she was 20. Well, that's a reasonable thing for him to think. Maybe it didn't work out because it would be weird if I was nearly 30 and dating someone who was under 21. Um, I don't think that's that weird. And for him to have some trepidation or even break up with her because of that, yeah, it's a breakup. It sucks. Like nobody wants their heart broken, but it doesn't mean that it, he's some monster, terrible dude. So that's all I'm saying. And I, I think we need to lay off Jake. It's okay that they had a breakup. Like we'll never get Jake's side of the story because what's the win in that for him to come back and say something about Taylor. But we have to understand that this, we're only getting Taylor's perspective on all of these breakups. And there has to be some evidence there based on the amount of people that she's dated and the amount of issues that she's had. The finger kind of points back at you sometimes, Taylor. I'm sorry. So I, I know that might be controversial, but I'll wow. let you take it from there. I just want to make it known right now that there is an open invitation for Jake to join this podcast at any time. Jake, if you're listening to this, which I know you might be, if you would like to come on Small Talk and give us your side of the Taylor breakup, you have an open seat, my friend. Anytime you want to join us, um, I don't know if Steve will be able to form words, but we will certainly ask the questions. We'll just give you the floor and you can explain to everyone what happened. I think that's only fair, right, Steve? Yeah, I mean... I, I will say the way that I talked to him and, and, and interacted with him the first time, I think I'll be able to keep myself together. I mean, we're friends now. I'll be like, hey, Jake, remember that time we hung out? And we're, we're like boys now. But we just keep it on the DL. He'll be like, oh, I didn't recognize you without the man bun. It's true. Yeah, you got a hat on. So you look a little different. Sure. Right. Um, okay. So we all know my history with Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. I was not a fan. Then Folklore came out. I watched a documentary on her. And I have evolved my stance on her. I actually am with you. I think that she's an incredibly talented songwriter. Now that I know a little bit of the backstory of her manufactured image and how she didn't really want to be like that and how she broke out on her own is amazing to me. I think the way that she's re-recording her music so that she has ownership of everything is spectacular. And I stand with Taylor when it comes to that. But, you know, I had to go back and do a little research because I was not a Swifty, as they say. So I don't remember this happening in real time, right? Like, I don't remember when Red first came out and everybody was upset with Jake. So I went back and I did some research on them dating. And you're right, there was a pretty significant age gap there. Mm -hmm. And I think that age is just a number. But I do think if you are 34 and you're dating someone that's 45, that's the same. Once you hit 30, I think you're kind of the same. I agree. But 29 yep. to 20, you're not even a full adult at 20. Huge <laughs> difference. I, I've talked about this with uh, Ryan brought, brought this up before. Even like in high school, like when a senior to a freshman. Yes. Yeah, it's only so four different. years, but it's so much more. And when you're totally. under 21, even if you're right. Taylor Swift, dating like a near 30-year-old, that is massive. 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 Massive in emotional maturity, massive in life experience, massive in knowing yourself and who you are and what you want. And I, I watched the film, which I thought was really well done, by the way. It Anybody was good. 
should go watch it. it what's it called? All Too Well. All Too Well. Uh, yeah. It's, the it's song well done. is great. The song is beautiful. The, the film is great. Shout out to Taylor for that. But I'm watching this, Steve, and I see both sides. I mm-hmm. see both sides. Like Chanel, as our boy Frank Ocean says, I see Taylor nice. Swift being a young, needy girl falling head over heels for this older guy. Cool. And des- Especially Joan Hall. Cool guy desperately wanting him to love her back and wanting his approval and wanting it to be this big romance. And I see a guy who is into her, but isn't as into her as she is into him. And if this in fact played out the way I watched it in the video, the signs were there. The signs were there that he was not as into it as she was. But when you're a young girl like that, and maybe you haven't been in love before, or at least in an adult love before, your perception of what is real, it's very hard for you to discern things because you don't have the life experience to know, does he really love me or is he being a total fuckboy right now? You mm-hmm. don't have that life experience. And that's so a matter of perspective really hard. a lot of the time. It's really hard. So I'm watching this and my heart is breaking for Taylor because I can imagine, I know what it's like to be a young girl in love. It's especially with an older person. I never did that, but I have friends who did and it's different, right? But the one thing that you need to defend him on because I, I can see Jake's Uh-oh. side. <laughs> I can see him being like, I'm at a dinner party with my friends. I'm not going to cater to you this entire Stop time. holding my hold- hand. Yeah. Like, yeah I, like, like, I thought that was so weird. I'm married to Maddie. I love Maddie. <laughs> I'm not holding her hand at a dinner table with my friends. Get out of here. Get, like, I, it was so weird. <laughs> okay. But I understand her point. Like, I don't know anybody there. I want you to make me feel comfortable. I understand that point. But there is one part of this if this is true, that I find to be completely Uh indefensible. So I need you to defend your boy here. If he did not show up to her 21st birthday party and it was an intimate gathering with friends and family and he said he would be there and she stared at the door the whole time and he didn't show up, that is the ultimate dick move. Um, And that's one of those things too where unless she is just wildly imaginative, which she is, um, but that would be way too specific for something to her to just make up, there had to be some truth to that. So I, I, I can't defend that. I can't. Here's the thing: at what, at what point in the relationship? Again, we don't know any of the perspective on this. Did they already have a big blowout? Maybe he said he would go like uh, weeks earlier, and then they had a huge argument and a blowout, and then he didn't show up because they weren't on good terms. Like I don't know. So you're right. I can't defend that if he was like, "Hey, yeah, I'll show up," and then just completely ghosted her, and everything was good, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. But I don't, I don't know that that's the fact. And again, I'm open to her. Inter- version of the story being true, but we'll never actually know what happened. So sure, of course, the music video and the song, if that's exactly what happened, sure, he's a dick. I don't know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> but again, that is only her perspective. It is only sure. her view of what happened. And we tend to overlook major red flags and look at everything in rosy colored glasses when it's our side. And I'm sure Jake would have a very different way of telling that story. Because yeah. Like guys can be dicks, and that's true, but girls can also, as you mentioned, read things totally wrong. And I think I you're th- probably right. And here's the other thing I want to get into really quickly is that I think I remember, and this is this transcends gender. Like if you're a guy or a girl, like dating, whoever you're dating, it's the age. She was so young. When, when I was young, when I was in high school, I remember, and even in college, relationships just had more punch to them. I would get more worked up and emotional about things and I would think everything was the end of the world and that every little detail mattered. And then when I got to like 30, you're like, oh, none of this shit fucking matters, you know? You're you're much more like seasoned in dating and relationships. So from her perspective, 
you know, all right, she's 20 years old. Yeah, I know she had dated, you know, I think I forget if that was the first major famous person she dated. I, I think the John Mayer thing mm, came after that, she, maybe. She dated Nick Jonas, I think. But again, but they were similar. They were similar different. age, too. I think and I think the John Mayer thing came after, if, don't, if I remember correctly. But I remember getting worked up over things in a relationship in high school and even in, into college that now I'm like, what a loser. Why did I read that so wrong to the point where mm -hmm. you have to you have to have the self-awareness and the reflection and you'd only get that with age to know like, eh, actually, I was kind of wrong there. So that's why I still am like, so she makes this music video and it's basically exactly like when she was 20, even though I feel like she should have more perspective on what that relationship really was. Um, but the song I don't know is if you about feel, her when she's 20. That's the thing. I, mean? I know. I know. So, so yeah, she's in that headspace and I get that. And like, well, again. Well, I was just going to say, I think you're right. And I want to piggyback off that really quickly. I think when you're young too, you tend to idealize relationships rather than live in reality. And I can just imagine her being this young girl. He's this gorgeous movie star that is so cool and so into her. And even if the signs were there, instead of interpreting them as reality or trying to discern okay, is this an emotional intelligence deal that I, I can't understand? Or I just think in your mind when you're young, you think this is love, it's gonna be a fairy tale. This is how it's gonna work out, you know? And to your point, think about when you're in high school and somebody writes you a note or sends you a text, you're deciphering all of it. Oh, you're yeah. so into it. Now, I don't even care if I get a text back sometimes. I'm just like, yep. I'm doing my own thing, I'm busy, totally. you know what I mean? And granted, when you're in a relationship with someone, things, are different because you're not hanging on their their every text or whatever. But I, I think when you're young, you are, especially if you're only a couple months in. Think about the buildup of a relationship when you start talking like the first month is just getting to know you. And if they only were together for three months, this was a fresh young love. So I can see her getting really hurt by that. Yeah. So I, I think we agree on that song. Can we just really quickly touch on the other song too, uh, which I, did you see the, the video for? Which I was, didn't watch the video, but I, I heard listen to oh, it. Oh, you have to watch the video. It actually made me more angry about, not angry, I'm not angry at Taylor, but it made me, it made my position on why I'm still kind of pro Hall, or at least willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and not cast him away as some loser. Um, it's called, I Bet You Think About Me or something like that. Um, and it's clearly about him. And I just thought it was, it's tough for me to, I guess if you haven't seen it, it's tough for me to sort of talk about it. But like, I just thought it was really extra. And I, I kept wondering, like, does Jake still think about you? I mean, it, this was a decade ago. It was probably even more than that. So, you know, it's her at but his wedding. But she wrote it at the time. I know, but it's just, again, you're adult Taylor. And it's like, okay, so, you know, he's getting married and you break up the wedding and you're wearing red and you're, you know, you're sticking your hand in his cake and he keeps seeing you in the mirror. And I'm like, does Jake, is Jake really thinking about this relationship right now? Probably not. He's probably like, why are we still talking about this? It was three months. It was three months. And even if it was the worst, relax. Um, so I don't know. I guess maybe you have to watch it and we'll, we'll talk about it on the next pod. But that was actually the one that made me even more like, eh, I just kind of feel like this is the bridge too far. Okay. I'm looking this up because I will tell you there was one line that if this was a battle between the two of them that i was like that's the ultimate mic drop she just owned you jake it says okay and i was never good at telling jokes but the punchline goes i'll get older but your lovers stay my age because he is now still dating girls that are like 21 25 and that the reason they broke up is because she was too young. But as he gets older, he stays in that same bracket. I'm sorry. That is a filthy diss. Filthy. I shout out Taylor. 
it's a good line. You know it's true. You know it's, it's a good true. line. But on. again, here, here's the thing we do is like, oh, age is just a number. But then we're going to shit on Jake for dating <laughs> younger girls. You know, we've talked about this with Leonardo DiCaprio all the time. He dates 20-year-olds essentially in his entire life. It's the old line from, uh, what was it, Dates and Confused? The older I get, the they, they keep saying the same I age I keep getting older, but they yeah. stay the same age. Is it creepy to me? Yeah. Um, but I, you can't have it both ways. You can't have freedom and dating and age is just a number and then also criticize people for dating younger people. Like, I don't, True. You're right. It's a good line and it, it doesn't make him look good, but I also don't really care that much. True. But you also can't say, I don't want to date someone this young. You're too young for me. And then continue to date girls that well, age as you get older. Is he dating or is he just kind of like he's not married, right? Or anything like he's he just. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know so, his status, but yeah. I'm just saying. This burn. All right, there's one line that I actually thought you were going to bring up that I thought was better was the, uh, and you call me up again just to break me like a promise so casually cruel in the name of being honest. Really good. That's a that's a phenomenal line. This is why really I'm like, she's, she's just an elite songwriter. That's poetry. That's just, I mean, even if I disagree with her um, or at least would like to hear Jake's side of the story, that is so well said. Um, mm-hmm. Even if I don't think he might have been being cruel, maybe he was being cruel. That is a cruel, cruel line. And it really digs deep, and it certainly—I'm sure that's why the, you know the Swifties are all mad at him and whatnot. But um, there is no doubt that she is an incredible artist, songwriter, now music video person, whatever. She's she's incredibly talented. But let's just let's just share the blame a little bit if we can. It's not always. So, are 100%. you team Jake on this or what? I'm team waiting you to hear to more information. No, you have to pick a side. I'm going to pick Jake's side just because I don't know his side, and I know Taylor's side. And every song is always, oh, look at this other person being a shithead to me. So, okay. Again, at some point, I said the finger points kind of back at you. Like, do I think Jake was perfect? No, but I think Taylor, everyone wants to absolve her of all blame. I think there's probably some blame for, for both sides. Yeah, Taylor could punch him in the face and say, I hate you. You broke my write, hand. You broke my hand and then write a song about it. And people, the Swifties would be like, how why dare. is he standing there? Yeah, how dare your face get in the in way? way? <laughs> You're like, it's just so dumb. Anyway. The Swifties will defend her at all costs. Yep. Well, Steve and I keep meaning to do this and we keep dropping the ball, but we're so happy that we finally got our act together and we arranged the time to have intern John join us back on the, on the podcast. You of course know John because you read his blog every week at smalltalkpod.com. He shell talk blog. It's so funny. It's usually pro Steve, but he is here anyway to talk to both of us. What's up, John? (laughs) Greetings and salutations. Uh, So wonderful to be back. Uh, It's a homecoming of sorts. Just what a treat to be back. Michelle's right. We dropped the ball. And there's a lot to get to with you. We want to do, we're going to finish out with A-plus content. We've got some stuff that we want to throw at you guys, including uh, a recommendation that you have taken from Michelle, a book. we got to talk about that in a second. Some thoughts you had on our last uh, University Love song draft. You have some thoughts there, which is great, because we always trust you in the music department as well. But first, we have to ask you, we just did this thing about, we both went to MSG, right? And she saw the DMB concert. I saw the Knicks game last night. Shout out to the Magic getting the dub. What's up? And Michelle asked me about sporting experiences that I thought were like my favorite. And MSG, like if I take it, it was, you know, an NBA game in the middle of November. There wasn't that many stakes, but it was an awesome vibe. Um, so I put it up there with, you know, some of the best things I've ever, some of the best places I've ever been to. You, Kentucky guy, college hoop centric. I don't know if it's like the Mecca necessarily, but Kentucky and Rupp Arena is up there and it's probably a top five place in the country to watch a college basketball game. What has been your experience with Rupp? How cool is Rupp when Kentucky's good and that thing's rolling and Cal's got like all those five-star recruits? And is that one of the best places you've ever been to see a game? Oh, 100%. Of course, there's going to be bias with that. But it's pretty universally like respected across the board in the sport. It is the Mecca. It has to be a big game, though, because the snowbirds down the lower level. So unlike, say, 
Michigan State, random example, but they've got their student section like completely surrounded in a U down the lower bowl. Um, so I went to UK too for school. We had a raffle system. So my sophomore year is when Cal first got here. So John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins. Oh, so you were right um, in the thick of it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. NIT, but I was there in the eruption. So behind the basket for our NIT season, um, uh, you know, born here been going there since I was a kid. So I've seen a lot of transition. We had Tubby Smith. We won a title 98, but then we had just a lot of mediocre, good, not great teams. Then the bottom fell out. It was just a disaster. And then Cal came and it was just, it was fucking on. So I've seen a lot of like the ambiance, like the ebbs and flows with that. But when it's a big game, so when North Carolina is coming to town, Louisville, Anthony Davis, the one year he was here, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, um, that champ, we won the title that year, Mm -hmm. 2012. North Carolina, I believe they're top five for sure, but I believe they're maybe number two, number three matchup. It's it's insane. It's on a whole different level. It's packed. I mean, it we've actually downgraded to like twenty thousand. It was twenty four thousand at the time, and it's complete bedlam. So it is really contingent on the opponent, but when it's at its peak, it's it's bananas. Because I always think about this, Michelle. Like we were talking about LSU and how the night game at Bama was awesome and. Mm-hmm. And no, was night pro- game versus Bama. Night game versus Bama, I'm sorry. Yeah, night game versus Bama and Baton Rouge was awesome. And I'm not even a big college football guy necessarily, but it was just it was mm-hmm. just a different experience. I don't know, like a like a religious experience to be there in a weird way. And there are a couple, and I would imagine maybe Cameron is probably the, the one. I've never been to Cameron. is probably the closest thing to like an LSU game. But with Rupp and how serious people take basketball in Kentucky, man, like not that they don't in North Carolina at Duke or whatnot, but it's got to be some sort of weird religious experience to be there. Cameron, I just like roll my eyes. It just honestly, as a Kentucky fan, just fuck Duke. Talk your shit. Talk um, your shit. There we go. (laughs) Cameron's so fraudulent. It first of all, there's like four thousand people in there. Um, Yeah, super fraudulent. And it's like this whole. It's very performative, and so I'm not saying there aren't, but Duke has such a high ratio of bandwagon fans too. Duke fans all over the country that have like no ties whatsoever. They grow up. They're like, oh, we like, you know, the 01, like Jay Williams team. So now we're a Duke fan. No. Kentucky fans, like we are born into it. It is a religion. We don't have much going on in Kentucky. So like that's a big variable, but it is passed down. It is an heirloom. Kentucky basketball is an heirloom. Um, But Duke, yeah, it gets loud in there. That's because it's like a high school gym. Uh, Don't get me started on Coach K. We won't go down that road, but (laughs) Do you hear Coach uh, K's retiring? If anyone hasn't told you, right. it's going to be the yeah. I want to send him out with a, a loss, very but, annoying no, year, but here we go. Yeah, it's loud, but it's not twenty four thousand. And Rupp Arena, when it is a big game and against a huge opponent, the state shuts down. It's it's on. It's everything. Well, we want to hear about the universally loved songs draft and some picks that you may have loved and some you took umbrage with. But real quick, I think if we're talking about college basketball, there is no bigger bandwagon program than UNC. Because of Jordan, because of Jumpman, because of the baby blue, you cannot tell me that there aren't more fraudulent UNC fans out there in America than anywhere else. Yeah, they're right up there with Duke. Uh, definitely, yeah, everything you just said is accurate. Um, wrong shade of blue, also royal blue, such as a superior color in many different aspects. <laughs> but uh Weak-ass pastel. But yeah, yeah, good call. I mean, right there. Okay, let's talk music. John, the floor is yours. University loves songs draft. What do you like? What do you not like? Tell us. Uh, Thanks for the alley-oop here. Great description on your part, uh, Umbridge, Dolores Umbridge, for for that sake. Okay, we'll start off with the positives. Both of your all's number one picks were certified bangers. Uh, Michelle, Mr. Brightside, can't go wrong with that. 
uh, Saruti, September, head to head. They're they're both certified bangers. Terrific. Michelle, I want to dance. Whitney Houston, great little stock, but it's universally love songs. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good song. Then the wheels fall off for both Uh-oh. of you all. <laughs> uh, I'll start, Michelle. You know what? what? You just said I agree with with Saruti on everything, so we'll start with Saruti. Thriller. Personally, I think that's the most overrated song of all time. It's not a bad song. Wow. It's a little, you know, I've told you I'm a child of the light. It's a little dark, a little dark for me. Yep. It's great. It's just super overhyped. You're omitting PYT and Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Man the thriller the is, you're that right. Is I may think those are, I don't think those are better songs, but I can, I, I will, I will hear an argument about that. But Thriller is by far the more popular song of all of those. I'm sorry. Thriller is the most popular Michael Jackson song. What is, but what is more popular? But it's also, one? it's also the video and the length of it and the cinematography. It's, it's more of a moment than it is a loved song. Oh, I see. I feel like that song. Ooh, I'm, well listen, said. Well I'm said. happy. I'm happy you Thank disagree you. with me, John. It's okay. You can disagree with me. You can tell me I'm wrong. And First maybe time for everything, agree. guys. Yeah, listen, it's all right. Deep your toe in the water. It's fine. Um, but I, I'm sorry. Like, PYT, no way. No way that is on the left. Oh, what a hook. What no a hook. And there's way. a vibe. And again, you know, intern John's playlist over here, it's a jovial vibe. Emphasis <laughs> on jovial vibes. Like, a wedding vibe. Universally love songs. I'm thinking wedding. Yeah, me too. Hype. Hi, but I don't think right. people think of yes. Thriller, even though you're right. Thriller is a weirdly dark song. I don't think people think of it that way. I don't think they think of the lyrics that way. It's, it's, like, it's not They just dark. like the, they like they the cadence. The they like the beat. They like yeah. the, exactly. They're not thinking too deep into this. You're yeah, right. Yeah, and if we're, go- if we're going wedding songs, like we would have done the Cupid Shuffle. You know, this is, we're, yeah. we're talking all genres here. Hard pass, wedding. too. Yeah, hard pass. Right. Worst, song, worst song of all time. Like, hands down, the worst song of all time. No, the worst song of all Actually, time. Actually, the worst song of all time. Yes, yes, 100%. There has yes. never been a more yes. morose song to ever hit the airwaves than Hey There, Delilah. Um, I mean, annoying. it's the I'm worst gonna, song ever. I'm not going to back up Hey There, Delilah and say it's some great song. I just don't think it's the worst song of all time. I mean, it's not the worst song. You listen to that song and you're like, was I just in a padded room by myself in a mental institution? Like, what just happened? My endorphins. I'll give you a dropped. worse song. Go. Lips of an Angel by, uh, what is it, Seether? What the hell is the name <laughs> Hinder, of that? Hinder. To me, the, maybe the worst song of all time. <laughs> no, at least, at least with that song, you can mock it and be like, wow. You know, you could do a fake deep <laughs> voice and be like, wow, that kind of sucked. Like, we're all having a good time because it sucked together. Hey there, Delilah, you're like, am I okay? Is my well, is this like a well-being check? Am I all right? A wellness check? Yeah, who just puts that on? It's like, you know what? I, you're right. Who's like... You know what? You know I'm going to go listen to Hey There, Delilah. Yeah, she let's do hey it. There, I don't know what mood that is, but it's it's something. It's, it's called depression, Steve. It's yeah. like certifiably <laughs> depressed. All right. You're talking me into this. Okay. It's terrible. I 100% agree. That's such a great take, Michelle. Um, <laughs> all right. So we'll do a little Roger Federer tennis here. Michelle, let's get to your list. Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. You know the Tom DeLong, former Blink-22 lead singer, like that meme where he's just got that mullet and mustache saying he's just like, what the fuck? That, yeah, good song, but setting that you can't throw that on everywhere. I disagree with you. I think you can turn up the sexy anywhere you go. You know, I'm not suggesting that you get it on anywhere you go, but like if we're at a gas station and you're pumping gas and I turn that on, I'm like, let's just. Why well, imagine that's there's no way that would be on at a gas station. <laughs> that wouldn't hear the bump, 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 bump. If you walk in and you play that, you're like, we're inviting sexy into this moment, you know? And to me, sexy always gets Ooh. an invite, a universal welcome. We're not prudes here on the show. Like this, this isn't like you know, this isn't a pilgrim thing. Um, but I just think I'm with John on this one. It, pilgrim. In hindsight, 
Wait, I think you meant Puritan, not Pilgrim. Puritan. Well, Puritans, <laughs> Pilgrims, it's like the same thing. There you go. We're not churning butter today. Right? No, well, Puritan, they were, Pilgrims were Puritan. Thanksgiving right? on the mind. No, but back okay. to the wedding, though. Throwing that song on, you've got all your aunts and your grandma around. Yeah, I don't like, want that around grandma. Yeah. Listen, same. I want Aunt Esther to get her roll on. Like, I want to see some No, Bible. you don't. Yes, I do. Go for it. Mm. Back to your list, Rudy. Uh, don't stop believing. Totally understand it. It's not a bad pick. I just completely agree with Michelle that they've got better songs. Lights faithfully being the two mainstays there. It's very chalk. And that's the stupid part of this of this draft is that I agree with you. It's not their best song. I don't even really love that song. But if that song comes on, as you guys described, at a wedding, everyone is singing that song, especially if they've had a couple of vodka sodas and they're really feeling themselves and love is in the air. I'm sorry. It just, it just is. It's like Sweet Caroline. That song's not good. It's overplayed. No, it's not. But people no, it's not. sing it because it's just, it's a vibe. Saruti, again, a, a what the fuck <laughs> moment. Bruno Mars, Uptown Funk. I mean, not even his best song. Yeah, but... in hindsight, I don't love it. You said Hey Ya. Take Hey Ya. I don't like Hey Ya. I because, think it's Outkast's worst song. Uh, again, again. I'm not saying it's Outkast's it's best song. It's not Outkast's best song. I mean, Ghetto Music would be up there. Obviously, Rosa Parks is up there. Ghetto but Music? What? I love Ghetto Music. It's an, one of their most underrated songs. It's amazing. Plus, it was on the Madden soundtrack in like 2002, so no big deal. <laughs> um, but I'm not saying that it is their best song, but it is a song, again, that comes on at a wedding and people are like, oh, yeah, I'm bopping to this, and I'm feeling good about myself. Yet you want to just throw dirt on International Players' Anthem. My grandmother is not listening to International Players' Anthem. I'm it's gotta sorry. Be, it's if gotta that be, comes on at a wedding, we are hyped. We you are and your friends who are all middle-aged, not like the 50-plus crowd. you middle-aged? Well, I'm <laughs> the same age as you. It doesn't really matter. I'm talking like the 50-plus crowd. Are you middle-aged? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, as I've told you, I've never felt older than I do right now. And if ironically, I've age. never been older than I am right now. But like, I would say I'm talking about the 50 plus crowd is not into That's International right. Players Anthem. Yes, they are. You're wrong. Well, technically people, what's the life expectancy? It's like 70. 100. It's not no. 100. What, what is this? Like you're 3,021? No. 50 what is not is middle life? age. 50 okay, is old. Hold on. The average, average life expectancy is like seven, mid mid to late seventies. Hold on, stand by. We're researching. I'm, t- I'm telling you the answer right it's now. It's seventy eight point seven. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I know these things. What's up? Why um, do you know that? I don't know. I just know the average life. I just want everyone lived to like hundred these days with modern so like, medicine. You know, it's like you can't get rid of people. So like forties, like middle age. But I'm talking fifty plus. Those people are not down with UGK. I'm sorry. I think you're wrong. I think it's an understatement, uh, but we'll cap this off. Michelle, Garth Brooks, Friends in Low Places, uh, talk about low-quality selection. Thank you. Oh, I'm with Saruti. Oh, 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 oh. Country just can't get in here, and I wrote this in Shell Talk. I'm from Kentucky, so oh, if yeah. anyone's going to say, oh, country music can be universal, no, it's not. I hate country music, but uh, there's a couple of good songs out there. This isn't one of them. This is super niche. And Saruti, are you going to have to turn in your fan card, Third Eye Blind, Semi-Charm Life? Oh, Where the no. fuck was that at? No, no, no. As much as we text about how Michelle actually, we were texting about this, no. Michelle. If we sent you the new Third Eye Blind album and told you that it was some cool indie band, you would like it. I disagree. You would. If we, if, if we did like a blind taste test, like a blind music test, you would 100% be like, oh, this album's good. No, because I've already awesome. told you what the plan is. So you, you, you're going to know it's coming. But John <laughs> and I were like, this would... Mind. This John and I were like, this is what 100% happened, but she's just, you're too pot committed. I mean, I'm the same way with DMB, although I don't think there's any DMB song that I would like. Michelle, any, right. any parting thoughts before we get into A plus content? I stand by all my choices. I think my <laughs> list was amazing. I think John exposed you, so it's okay. All right. 
A plus content, guys. I don't have anything because I haven't been consuming any content lately other than St. Louis Blues hockey and Bravo when I'm on a plane to New York. So you guys, I know, though, have been consuming a lot of great A plus content. So please fill me in on what I need to experience. John, why don't you go first? Uh, Michelle, I think you'll be pro this choice. Uh, this has got it right here. The reason I'm showing this, the book of Mac, Mac Miller book, there Love. are two books out. One is not approved by the family. We're not going to mention that one. This one is. This has the blessing of the family. Uh, just paints a very texturized three-dimensional. Really with Mac, he's like five-dimensional. But the he's an artist. He wasn't just a rapper. He was just metaphysically, spiritually, just as an artist, so many different things at once. Kind of like a mosaic of sorts. Great book. Highly recommend it. And the other, I have an album... I don't know if you all are familiar turnstile did not find out about them until late summer i don't know how to categorize them it's kind of a heavier punk i guess like hardcore punk but they have a lot of melody and harmony kind of like a better version of the offspring emphasis Ooh. on a better version a lot of the riffs are the same but better and not as annoying of a lead singer like not as whiny no, you're really actually hitting a lot of chords, not to, no, yeah, no pun intended, that's but I, I actually don't like The Offspring at all, but I do like some punk and hard punk and that kind of vibe, but I've always thought The Offspring were actually not that good of a band. What? So that's funny. Come on. You got to keep them separate. Self-esteem. Yeah. Come on. Self-esteem is a, is a good song, but everything else, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of it is because I just don't think the lead singer, I don't love the lead singer's voice, so I'll have to check no, it out. That's fair. Um, yeah. And they're, I think they're mid-20s. I don't want to use the word woke, but they're very attuned to society. They've got a song off this album. So this is Glow On. It came out, I think, late August. Three songs. Don't want to overwhelm anyone here. Mystery, Dance Off, Lonely Desires with a Z randomly, which is just, I think, intentionally playful. Edgy. But Dance Off, it is a commentary. It's basically just making fun of TikTok dances. But Love. In a, yeah. Well, I'm all for yeah. that. So. so Team Terrence style. Those are my two recommendations. Very Great nice. recommendations out of you, John. Can't wait to read that Mac Miller book. Gone too soon. I'll do mine here. I think all great things by you. I need to get more into Mac Miller though. I, Michelle has sent me things and I just, I don't know. For some reason, I just, I haven't consumed go, go his catalog backwards. and gotten in. Go backwards. Start go beginning. backwards. Okay. So the last, his last three albums, um, Good AM, Swimming Circles, they are all three linked together. Like literally linked together they're different themes but they hand off to each other and then circle back super deep um let me give you two things one is uh, i saw it so i talked about this on earlier pods i read dune it was great it's dense i wouldn't recommend it to everybody especially if you're not a huge sci-fi person but i saw the movie in imax a couple weeks ago we haven't done a pod since i've seen the movie absolutely phenomenal and now it is confirmed that they are going to make dune 2 and possibly even dune messiah which is the next book after that michelle is she just you know fist yes, sarcastically um, i grew up lord of the rings guy and nothing really will ever sort of touch that for me and by the way lord of the rings 20 years old this year where the hell did time go i'm again i've never felt older i've never been older than i am right now um but dune gives me those vibes and the cast is phenomenal timothy chamele is in it rebecca ferguson's awesome jason momoa is in it oscar isaac phenomenal cast it is one of the most beautiful movies i've ever seen it was from uh dennis villeneuve who did arrival he's done blade runner 2049 incredible director michelle just give it a shot i don't know if you're into sci-fi john or anything like that it's a two and a half hour long movie it's a lot of setup but it is beautiful and i think you're going to want to see this one because the next one and then the next 
the other sequel are going to be incredibly great movies. So just want to put that on everybody's radar. Okay. And Matt Michelle's like, hard pass. Uh, Okay, and then my other A-plus content, this should be no surprise to anybody, FIFA 22 soundtrack. It's the only good thing that they do anymore, honestly. The game is kind of trash. The ultimate team is terrible. If you have fast players, you probably win. That's not how soccer works. Um, But the soundtrack, absolute freaking fire, guys. Like, they just, they knock it out of the park every single year. Let me just run through a couple tracks that that I love. I've never even heard of some of these bands, too, but this is an artist called Baby Queen. Who knows? Uh, Love the name. Sure. It's, the song is called U Shaped Hole. Maybe my favorite song on the album. Um, there's a Churches song. I don't know if you guys like Churches. I think they're Love great. Uh, Good Girl is a great song. I think it's an alt nation now. Um, they've got another Glass Animal song. Heat Waves is on the previous album, which is probably one of my favorite songs of the last decade. This one is called I Don't Want to Talk, which is their new song. Great. If you're into indie, all upbeat music, even a little bit Euro, check out the FIFA 22 soundtrack. You will not be disappointed. Okay, and I'm sneaking in one A-plus content thing here because I did realize that I haven't shouted out Bravo in a while. I just want <laughs> to tip my cap to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Jen Shaw getting arrested before the crew went to Vail on a fraud charge has been high-quality television. So I just want to shout out Andy for just continuously picking women who have suspect pasts that get to play out in real time. He doesn't miss. He does not miss. <laughs> he knows there's something shady about you that I'm going to expose on national television. Yep. Can't wait. But the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, I wasn't into them after season one. Incredibly juicy. What an eclectic A-plus content. This is what the people come here for. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay, well, John, thank you, of course, for writing the Shell Talk blog. It's incredibly well written. It's really entertaining. And tell the people how they can find it. It is smalltalkpod.com slash shell talk. And I just want to go on record and say, I welcome any sort. If you have a, you want to just completely go against what I have to say, I, just fire away. Come with fire your away. takes. We don't have to agree. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, thanks, John. You're the best. And we're going to get you on again soon. Steve and I need to do a better job about coordinating this because we love chatting with you. It's been real. See y'all. Thanks again to John. Thank you to everyone for listening. Steve and I will be back in action sometime. But until then, we're planning a trip to MSG. Team Joan Hall. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.